Welcome to the Trailbreaker Podcast. I'm Aaron Feinberg. In this podcast, I explore what it takes to be a trailbreaker through intimate conversations with people carving new paths across the landscapes of business, art, and sport, we dig in on how to excel across seemingly disparate endeavors. What drives people who manage to succeed multidimensionally? Is it how they think? Is it meticulous planning and follow-through? Or is it some measure of delusional optimism? My guest today is Julie Derry, founder of Saltworks Creative and Saltworks Paper, and the creative director for Outpost. She's also on the board of Slow Food in the Tetons, a swimmer of high alpine lakes, and has an affinity for street art and pattern design. We talked about her journey into and out of entrepreneurship, keeping your ego away from your happiness, and what freedom really looks like. Good afternoon, Julie, and thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Erin. As a woman who embodies the trailbreaker spirit from a lot of different angles, I'm excited to talk to you about your pursuits, both as an entrepreneur and then also the time that you've spent in-house at different companies. So maybe start us off a little bit about what you got into as an entrepreneur and then a couple of these more in-house ventures that you're up to. And then we'll dig into how you've kind of broken in and out of these different trails. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I am the founder of Saltworks Creative and Saltworks Paper. And Saltworks Creative is a small creative design studio and we specialize in branding um, small startups and web design. And Saltworks Paper is a greeting card company that I started during uh, 2020 during the pandemic. And now I serve as creative director um, in-house at Outpost. And so the the transition to go in-house, what, what really drove that? Um, I've been a an entrepreneur and uh, running my own business for the last seven years. And as any entrepreneur knows, it is, uh, it's a lot. Um, and I was starting to burn out, I think on the business end of things and really wanted to focus on how I got into it in the first place and what made me, you know, I'm a, a good designer and creative director and some of the business and admin, um, starts taking a toll, um, and needed a little bit more stability in there. Interesting. Okay. So the, the time spent getting to do the creative stuff while also having to then run and grow the business when it was all yours to do, it started to take its toll and, uh, and, and lose a little bit of the, of the fire for why you, you do this at all in the first place. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now in house, I get to really just focus on the things that I'm an expert at and leave the payroll to someone else. <laughs> For sure. And, you know, it's interesting because you started in house and then you started these businesses and now you've then trail broken and gone back in house. So, in terms of what got you, where were you before you started Saltworks Creative and Saltworks Paper? Yeah, I was, um, I was living in Portland, Oregon and working for, um, widening Kennedy, which is a world renowned ad agency. And it's a, 
it's a wonderful environment and it's all the things you think of advertising and intense and crazy hours and fun, creative people running around. Um, and I loved it, but I also wanted to have my own hours. And, um, so when I moved to Jackson hole, I started freelancing and it's great. And the entrepreneur life is great. And I think I, I think I'm a natural entrepreneur. I could, I get a ton of different, different business ideas and seem to find the time to run with it. But, um, the reason I moved here was to get more work-life balance. And the reason I just moved out of my entrepreneur role is to get more work-life balance, um, which I'm finding now going to an office every day and leaving it at the office. Yeah. And I think this is a really good and interesting story for everyone to hear because there's this sort of sexy concept of going and starting your own thing and, and being your own boss and, you know, making your own trail. And, and I think there's, that's real and true for a lot of people. And it's also, you can go and do it and be successful at it as you have and realize it's not for me, or it's not, it, it's, it's very awesome in some ways. And I'm missing out on some of these benefits of this more in-house experience. And I, and I would love to hear a little bit more about, um, you know, what got you to that tipping point? And then, you know, since you've been at Outpost, you know, what are you finding really is, is lighting you up and making, making it a good choice for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the, I think some of the perception maybe of, um, the outward as everyone said, Oh, you made it like you, you're living the dream. You're working for yourself and you're successful and in the back of my head, I always thought, yes, all of those things are true. What you don't see is that I work almost every night and every weekend. And while I can travel with my work, I always travel with my work. <laughs> so sometimes the, the pros, I kind of always said the pros and cons. A lot of times it's just 5149. Um, it wasn't the everyone thinks it's going to be, you know, 80% just amazing. And, um, I found that it was, um, it was a real grind and I loved it. Um, but there's no, when you own it all, you, you own it all. And so what I'm finding now is first, I'm pretty extroverted. So going into an office, with people again and getting feedback face to face, just, it really lights up my soul. I mean, it just, it feels so good. Um, in the stage in life I'm at getting a steady paycheck every 14 days in the same amount, you know, honestly, it's, um, that's more exciting to me than owning the company. Um, and talk to me in five or 10 years, I could, you know, I could, I could see myself keep doing this flip-flop. Um, but for right now, it feels great just getting to focus on, um, creative design and being around people again, um, rather than just in my home office. So. Yeah. The, the stresses of, of running your own show and, and owning a home in an expensive town and, and, you know, everything that comes with being responsible for everything you know, it, there, there's a lot of sleepless nights and, and then there are easier places to run a business than, than Jackson hole for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, and not to mention, 
you know, with all of the things that we would like to do when we're there, right. You want to hike, you want to bike, you want to ski, you want to be on the river. And, and it's almost, it's almost painful to be stuck there working all the time. If that was the whole reason you moved there. So that makes a lot of sense. Well, and a lot of people, a lot of feedback of, I got a lot of requests. They finally stopped, but in the middle of the day, inviting me on river trips or backcountry skiing. And I'm like, I'm working. They're like, yeah, but you run your own business. I'm like, yeah, exactly why I'm probably still working. (laughs) Um, and then I think during the pandemic too, I had, um, three people on my team that I really, um, they weren't full-time employees, but I gave them the majority of their income and the stress, especially during the pandemic of keeping them afloat. I just said yes to everything that came my way and I properly burned out myself and my team. So I think that was the real, you know, that kind of got me over the tipping point of just, just too tired. Yeah. And, and look, uh, you don't have to answer this question because it may be more personal than you're comfortable with. I think, you know, burnout can look a lot of different ways for people. And I don't know if you're comfortable sharing like what, what was happening for you that you're just like, all right, I have to finally make this, this big change. Yeah, I think, um, burnout for me was feeling, um, truly it was getting in the way of my sleep of the, the financial piece of it, um, was really, really taking a toll of, Um, I was successful in keeping my team employed, um, but that constant just um, pressure to to keep the jobs going and to keep making more and more um, really did take a toll. And for me, burnout is kind of, you know, I stopped caring as much, but you still have the same amount of work to do. So the effort it takes. It just feels, um, you know, there's a little bit more dread and drudgery in it than excitement. Um, so I started noticing that of, I'd take on a new job and there'd be a little bit of dread rather than I can't wait to dive into this new project. And when you're the majority of clients we had are starting their new business, we would help them name their business and logo design everything through their website and marketing. And this is someone's baby. You know, this is, this is what they've been thinking about for the last two to five years. So you need to be excited about that. And it's unfair to them if you're not. Well, as a unplanned plug for you, Julie, you did a fantastic job on the Trailbreaker logo for this Thank podcast. <laughs> and I was ex- very, very happy with how it turned out. It fits Thanks. with my style. It it definitely uh, was the baby I always wanted uh, <laughs> when it, when it comes to the logo. So uh, <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. And I, and I appreciate, um, you know, the, the, quality of what you put out. So thank you. Thank you. I was uh, excited about that one too. <laughs> well, Look, I think that that's, I appreciate your answer on that too. I, uh, you know, it's, a, it's something personal that maybe, maybe folks don't want to talk about, but I think it's that element of realness. It's like, it's something to pay attention to, you know, when you've got multiple parts of your life that are being impacted uh, fairly regularly, it's something to pay attention to. And, and, and I think your point about, you know, being able to 
to bounce, bravely bounce and decide to go and go from in-house to run your own show, then from run your own show back in-house. And without the, the, you know, any of the negative feelings that go with making changes. And I don't know if you ever felt like, oh, I'm failing. I mean, because you, you did succeed, right, at all of these things. But I don't know if the actual success or the success from other people's perspective, if if you also felt like, man, I should be able to pull this off or I should, I shouldn't quit yet. I don't know if you had that sort of push pull going on. Oh, I completely, I probably have actually had that for almost the last three years of a, and we've talked about this sometimes of just our, our friendship of getting advice of, I would try something new and I'm like, okay, I'll try that for six months and see if, if that works a little bit better if systems are working a little bit easier. And I've kind of been doing that for years and years now of, do I need to hire more people? Is it actually less people do right of, um, a lot of trial and error in it. And I absolutely at the beginning thought this is failure. If I, if I shut the doors on saltworks creative and I go and work in house somewhere and then as I started thinking more and more about the position with outposts, I'm like, oh, this is, this is leveling up is all the seven years of running my own business got me to the place where I can, I can actually step into this role. And this is definitely a step up. Um, and that started feeling really good because I, you have to get your ego out of the way. I think that there, I dealt a lot with that, especially I would almost say in the last year or so when I was starting Saltworks paper and you get this, these accolades of people telling you, Oh, that's so cool. What you're doing is so cool. And you're so successful and you made it. And inside I'm like, gosh, I actually hike a lot less than you think I do. And I ski a lot less than you think I do. And that is just, that's just ego. So it did take, um, it took some months of really letting some of that go and embracing the change that I really needed. I think that's a super courageous. And I also think it's, you know, on the, in the new role, right. You get that steady paycheck, right. You're, it's interesting. Cause you're like, you're getting these things that are stable, consistent, which then lets you go enjoy, you know, you don't have all these, all these things that are on fire all the time or potentially all on fire. And so you just have a lot less to focus on and the things that you can focus on, you can get excited about, you can, you can do your, you know, 120%, you know, effort on, and you have emotional space and security and, and calm to, to enjoy the rest of your life. Yeah. And I, I think it, I mean, it really, we, know about the, um, all the effects of downtime, right. Of the positive benefits of you actually separating yourself from your work makes you better when you go in the next day and more creative and refreshed. And it's only been the last couple months that I really realize I've been taking weekends off and not opening a computer. And I come back just much more revived and, and really excited to hit Monday. And I, I honestly, I don't think I've had that in many years, so it feels good. I don't remember who or where this model came from, but somebody was telling me about 
these different working styles and, and obviously there's a million different personality models and such, but, but the, what this particular approach was talking about was like how somebody works or what's their most ideal working way in the day. And for instance, there's a, there's a model, which I think fits really nicely with me, which is, you know, like a five to six hour workday is perfect for me because I can work straight for five or six hours and get eight hours or 10 hours of work done. And there's no problem. I don't need to take a break. I'm just really hammering. And then I'm done. And that done time is not that I'm just kicking back and lazy. It's that I'm doing these other things in my day that then get my brain open in a different way to think differently, to solve problems, to get creative for the next day's work or whatever the case may be. And I, it's interesting, those uh, folks I know who work in the creative world, I feel like a lot of times it's hammer, 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 hammer. And it's just like, you know, this badge of honor to be extremely busy or to be nonstop stressed and keep pushing. And I just, um, I mean, I guess it works for some of those other styles, but it just, it, it would never be a way that, that I could really do my best or be happy. Yeah. I think in, in all honesty, if there is a lot that I was that, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And I, I was portraying that. And I think there's a lot wrapped up in self-worth of if I'm working hard and then I'm successful and it, it sometimes there, frankly, was just too much work to be done is it just is too much for one person. But I think you, there is a lot in the personality of separating yourself from your work, from your busyness and I've also seen that if you can on those hikes, or at least for me, it's kind of always, I am always sort of thinking about work because like you're, you're sort of noodling that idea without even being conscious that you are. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I definitely have tried to move away from the, the, the busyness world and, how I value myself in that, because it's just not the landscape's changing and it's, it's nice. And I think you're totally right. You know, you literally, literally change your landscape, you know, and, and, or move your body. It's, you could be in the background still thinking about stuff, but you're thinking about it in a different way, or you, you've got other things for your brain to process and, and consider, and you might take a, you know, a temporary break from really trying to solve this thing. And it will sometimes often solve itself. And I, um, you know, I remember when I was working as a school psychologist with, um, at a school for emotionally disturbed children, and I used to do these group counseling, uh, activities and with kids that really didn't like each other very much. But one of the things we did, I created this, this therapeutic rep recreation program where the kids would work on bikes or they would ride bikes or they would do activities together. And, and through that process of physically moving, right, and and changing what they were paying attention to, they started to think differently and interact with each other and be willing to try a new approach and be willing to like you know, like, you know see it from a different perspective. And I thought, wow, this is magic. I mean, we all know, you know, you you need to move and you need to you know take breaks and what have you. But but really, it's really hard to stay stressed and locked in on something when when you give yourself the chance to sort of move and 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 when you when you see something different, you start to you start to think and feel differently too. Yeah, I mean, it it really is a discipline. We think that the 
the discipline comes in the, the working hard. I think the discipline, at least for me, comes in the stopping, going to bed at a good hour, moving your body in the morning is that is that takes a lot more discipline because especially as a designer, when you get in a flow that could last for four hours. And it's like, did I blink? Did I get up? Did I move my body? And it's not, you have to be disciplined to get up and move. And even if you break that flow sometimes. And so, and so you, I want to talk a little bit in a second about what you're up to at, at outposts and the kind of projects and the things you're really jazzed about. But before we do, let's talk a little bit more about Saltworks paper, because that's something that you've kept and you're, and you're still, you're still a little side project entrepreneurship hustle. So what's that all about? Um, this has been a, a passion project for a couple of years and taken some leadership and entrepreneur classes to try and suss out the idea. And finally in uh, fall of 2020, I thought, you know, let's just do it. Um, I love uh, sending and receiving cards. I always have, I've probably kept every one. And that's the way I like to communicate best. It's how <laughs> I think without that conversation is you can just be more authentic. And I love, especially through the pandemic where we're all on screens and there's just something about our uh, world now that's instant gratification, instant gratification. And there's something wonderful about sending a postcard. You have no idea when it gets there. There's no return address. You don't even know if someone got it. Sometimes people say they got it, but a lot of times they don't. And there's something beautiful in that. I love asking people questions in a card and that maybe they respond to me in a card. Um, and it's something you can just hold and is tangible and it doesn't live on your phone. Um, and the thing I, I really actually love most about it is while you're writing a card, it's actually impossible to multitask is you cannot, you cannot scroll and write a card. You can't, you, you really, it, I mean, you're going to have a lot of mistakes in it if you're trying to do two different things. So for however long it takes is you sit and you're present in one thing. And there's something beautiful in that and that they're, they're very time consuming. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, can you, can you send it for me? Can I send it to you? And you type it and send it to people. Or they're like, oh, I don't have the stamp, the address, the the card, the pen. And I was like, okay, I can give you the stamp and the card. Maybe we'll get to pens, but I like that. It takes a little effort, extra effort to find someone's address, to ask them for it, to maybe, I like to surprise people. So I'm asking a friend for their address. A lot of times, if it's a thank you note, I type it out first. So I'm trying, you know, get the grammatical errors out of the way. So I like that slowing down. Um, and I am keeping it. I'm catching my breath a little bit, um, but going to ramp back up. And it's just a really fun, creative outlet for me to create the designs and the collections that I've had in my head for years. And, um, and selling something tangible, uh, selling a product mm -hmm. rather than a service is, has been a really fun challenge and challenging. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, I, I, wish that you had a service that would let me not only buy a card, but would also, um, give me some way to write it like a 
someone with actual legible handwriting because I still write like a, uh, I don't know, infant chicken scratcher. I know, but that's the best part is when you can't, you you can only read like one out of every three words. I love that. I love handwriting. Um, yeah, my handwriting is some measure of a blend between cursive uh, print and illegible. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, well, fantastic. And so going in-house at, at Outpost, uh, creative directorship, um, what what are you getting to work on and and how is it different? Because you did mention it's a, it is a step up, it's a level up and what you have done so far got you to this position. So what's a, what's a day or a week or a month like over there? Um, well, they've all been different so far, um, five months in now, and it took at least the first three months just to figure out the new systems of how really just asking everyone in the company, what do you do? What's your role here? So learning all of that and Outpost is really the umbrella for many different companies. So I was brought in to oversee what is the look and feel of all of these companies together and how, how do they work? How do they work within a family? And then can we come in? Is the messaging right? Is the look and feel right? And what is the, what's the guest experience from start to finish? How do they find us? What's the booking experience? Like, what is it? Are they arriving uh, via car, are they flying in? How how is this entire experience? And as the creative director, I get there's a lot of materials that and touch points along the way that I can create um, a more streamlined experience. Um, we're looking to elevate the look and feel. So that's where I'm diving in so far. Yeah, and you know, as you were describing it, I realized I didn't as much ask you about what are the businesses or what does the outpost do? Right. Cause you were talking oh, yeah. a little bit about cu- people coming in and I'm like, Oh, yeah. right. We didn't get into that. So yeah. what, what does outpost do first? Yeah, that's a good, um, they, I'm in a totally new industry and they are the leading, uh, vacation rental and property management company in Jackson hole. Mm. And so they also own, um, O2 cleaning, which is the cleaning company. And we just started terrain, which is uh, snow removal and landscaping and are also in partnership with provisions, which is catering. And there's a couple other ventures, um, in the mix that I don't know if I can share just yet. Um, so how do, yes, exactly. Um, Mackie is a true, the founder is a true entrepreneur and he's just, he loves starting new companies and it's great. It's, um, it's fun for me because I don't, I don't like being stagnant. So, um, but yeah, some of the thing, I think what I'm most excited about, um, that I'm gearing up for, for spring is the landscape in Jackson has changed a lot, especially in the pandemic. And there's a really, There's a lot of animosity in town, frankly, right now for visitors coming in, even though it's how we keep our livelihood here is I think it's happening in a lot of places, especially ski towns, um, is how can we educate without condescension, the people coming in? So I have the opportunity to touch 500 people a week. Can I help educate them on 
trail etiquette and wildlife etiquette. And this is how a local is in town of, you know, our baristas and those are restaurateurs. Those are, you know, those are family members in our community and just educate a little bit more, but um, hopefully, you know, you can push the needle just ever so slightly on um, especially wildlife education. So in terms of what you get to do that creates these educational opportunities. So I fly in and I'm, and I get a property through you guys. So, so where, where will you be able to sort of connect with me, you know, in that, in that visit? Um, hopefully it's at every point, really social media emails that go out to the guests, um, what goes in the home of, can I create something compelling enough design-wise that someone actually picks up what you've printed in the home that they actually read it, right? Uh, of so that, like that's a, where that function and aesthetics come in, where it has to be functional, but then it's gotta be engaging enough that someone actually wants to pick up and read the material and maybe learn something. Um, and through our advertising and um, community partnerships is um, kind of hitting it at, at all angles. Okay, so, and correct me if I'm wrong. So I am a guest, I might get emails from you ahead of time. And that's an opportunity for some of this to get in my ears or eyes. And then I arrive and there might be, you know, like a guest booklet or some written material that would familiarize me with the property or a town. And those are also then, you know, ways in which through good design and good content, you know, you'll get a chance to sort of help me know what I should and shouldn't do. Exactly. That's, that's the hope. <laughs> Got it. All right. Um, perfect. And then in terms of, um, you know, day to day, you're would it be safe to say that a lot of your days either creating these things, designing them? Uh, I mean, do you have other ways that you sort of tap into your creative side uh, outside of the actual, you know, projects you just mentioned? Um, yeah, there's a lot of, um, I've had a, a marketing assistant that I work hand in hand with to, so I'm always trying to keep her engaged and excited as well. Um, I've become, uh, I'm really interested. I see creative design, um, and creative direction is a holistic, um, entity as well. So things of what's the experience like when someone walks into the office and that's not just a guest or a homeowner, but employees. So I've really, I've spent quite a bit of time on what's the company culture here and how do we, how do we bring in some new life, not just uh, really fun, happy hours that are great, but I bring people into um, uh, when we're reviewing ads that will go in a magazine, I invite everyone in because everyone has an opinion and a say, and we're all visual beings. So it's really cool. Someone who's on the sales team who doesn't think they're quote unquote creative has an opinion when they're looking at different ads. And I want, and we um, put them up on the wall and we get to vote and everyone gets a say. And, um, you know, Mecky, the founder of the company has gotten voted down a couple of times now. And it's very cool. Um, that's a really, it's fun uh, being able to engage with everyone. Um, 
And, yeah. and I, having worked with you on a couple of projects for my business, I will say that you do have a really good way of, and as someone who doesn't think I have a strong aesthetic and very uneducated about what good design is, you know, you gave a lot of space for me to have my opinion, to, to really listen and, and take what I had to say and, and put it through your good design filter and kick it back to me in some way that was kind of like what I wanted. And, and then if it was different, was better than what I wanted. And I think that, you know, that, that comfort that you create with, with clients, I think is, is a really strong, um, value add. So again, thank you for that, because I do think, thank you. you know, when you're, when, when you're someone who's the end user or you feel like you don't know as much when you have someone like you, who's in that position that, that will educate you and guide you in a good way. Uh, I think it, um, you know, I've always learned stuff and then I'm always, um, rather than turn it completely over to somebody, which sometimes works out really well. Um, you know, having a bit of an input in it and, and watching like my very unclear, rough essence and idea turn into something that like, I would have never said that's what I wanted, but boy, that's good. So I think like your, your dynamic with people, I think is, is, is awesome. So I'm glad that that's, um, that's getting a chance to, to live even bigger over at Outpost. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really, I love collaborating. It's why it's so fun for me being back in an office setting is it's, um, yeah, yes, I'm the expert in what they hired me for, but I don't, I, I listen to everyone's opinion. I think that they're all fantastic. So, um, yeah. And, um, you know, now that you're getting to sort of lead and manage from a, a slightly different perspective, right? You're, you are responsible for, for, you know, important things at the company, but you don't have all the responsibility. Does it feel different to, to you to, to sort of, you know, manage your assistant or to, to, you know, be running a, a department over there, but, but like, where do you, where, where do you find the joy and where are you still frustrated? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I will say that running my own company has prepared me very well for my position at Outpost because it is, it's a lot of juggling and it is not just working on Outpost. It's all of these other entities and leading a team and our team's probably going to grow. Um, so I like that. Uh, I, I think the fear in going in-house is that you're going to get bored or um, feel maybe stifled. And I have uh, a lot of autonomy, but it's, I guess I feel more free in it in a way that I, I don't, I own the projects I own, but I'm again, not, I'm not having to worry about what are we billing? Are we billing enough? What's the proposal? Some of that, the business end of things, um, I became good at it, but I wouldn't say it's my strong suit. So getting to focus on what I am good at, um, it feels very freeing. I have a lot more time to, to do what I'm good at. And I think that that is a really important nugget for people not to forget, which is you know, whatever it makes you feel free and, and creative and inspired, like that, that's the thing to pay attention to. And it does not have to be what everybody else is, is all about. And it can be the complete opposite, right? You know, it can be the complete opposite thing that everybody else is getting jazzed about, but that's what it works for you. Then that is, that's the trail to break, right? That is the, that is the direction to go in. 
And, um, you know, I want to, I think that's a great way to end. Um, other than if people want to find you, Julie, and, uh, and they want to connect with you, what's the, what's the best way to get a hold of you and see what you're up to? Um, you can follow me on Saltworks Paper. It's uh, Saltworks underscore paper on Instagram. I still run Saltworks underscore creative as well. Um, and I will probably keep that going. I like, um, I get a lot of my design inspiration through traveling. So I'm always putting up some interesting things that I find during the day and, you know, murals and street art and um, nature and travel definitely inspires me. So those are both fun um, ways to stay connected and saltworkspaper.com. Um, there's still a few cards that are for sale and then we'll be, uh, increasing, uh, our designs and collections in the new year. Fantastic. Well, look, Julie, thank you again for spending some time with me this afternoon and all the best, uh, for the start of 2022. Thanks, Aaron. This was a pleasure. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks. You too. The Trailbreaker Podcast is created by Aaron Feinberg with production support provided by Michael Mori. More interviews and videos can be found at aaronfeinberg.com.